Welcome to the Rough Road Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Steele. Today, I'm joined by my uncle, Dennis. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little, bu- little bit about yourself? Okay. I was uh, born and raised in a little town in Delta, Utah. Born uh, February 19th, 1949. So you're just a young buck. Uh, yeah. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was the youngest of nine. Uh, we're referred to as the Naughty Nine because we were Hellions. <laughs> Big time. My so the neighbors loved you. All of us got in trouble all the time. Uh, my mother, God rest her soul, is an angel just for putting up with all we did. Right. We uh, we had a tough life. We were poor. Grew up in a small town. I fortunately came to the end of the family, and my father was a very strict disciplinarian. I was benefited of being the last. I didn't get quite as much ire as the rest of them did, but uh, it was good. Yeah, uh, we had a lot of tough times, but we had a lot of fun times. Look back now, and things we did were crazy. Couldn't can't get away with stuff like that now. Right, right. Kids. I I remember my dad telling me a story um, one time when he was at your at your house. Um, I guess Leaf had came home from school or something, and. Sat, they were sitting at the dinner table eating dinner and he had told Aid, I learned this at school and Aid's like no that's wrong and they got in a little skirmish and I guess he got his nose broke or something do you remember that at all? Uh, don't remember that incident but I do remember others <laughs> similar <laughs> similar because <laughs> dad was definitely disciplinary and uh, I can tell you Oh, funny story about my brother when he came home and uh, which one? Uh, Q. Okay. He come home from a date uh, really late at night and and of course the my father said, "Well, we're going to have to have some discipline here." And of course, he was a big track star. Thought he was right. a real stud. So he just said, "No way, man, Dad! You're an old man. You can't catch me." So out the door he ran, out the front door and up towards Main Street. And my dad's right behind him. It's a block away from Main Street. Yeah, and so he, by the time he got up halfway up towards Main, Dad had his belt out, and he was hitting him on the rear end <laughs> about every other stride. And all the neighbors came out, and uh, he ran all the way up Main Street and all the way down the next block, around four different blocks until he got home, and Dad was behind him all the way, beating him on the belt, and all the neighbors were out. And, oh, it was quite a commotion. We were, we were all screaming and carrying on. It was just... It was just funny because he thought he could get away from dad, and he, he nope. found out different. <laughs> I heard that I heard that he was yelling, uh, "Run for me, will you?" Something to that effect. Oh, he was. It was funny. It was a funny <laughs> sight. It was, it was unbelievable stuff that happened. Um, well, I, I asked when I grew, what got older. Most of the kids were already gone, but I was privy to a lot of stories that they'd done. My, I, and my brother Dwight, we got in some trouble too. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one uh, year we got bow and arrows for Christmas. And, of course, we were watching TV and the Robin Hood stories come on. So we watched Errol Flynn, all these Robin Hood stories. We thought, this is great. So outside of my home in Delta is this greasewood patch. And it goes out for blocks. And so we were out there hunting away and shooting our arrows, just having the greatest time. So we'd come back, and we were about a block of the house. And we thought, well, hey, we can... We should show off how good we are in our bow and arrows. So my brother Dwight says, yeah, I bet I can put an arrow on the front lawn. 
I said, okay, I'll, let's let's see who's the best. So I went first. My shot went way up over the over the road, right through the trees. Bam! Stuck right in the ditch, just in front of the irrigation ditch, in front of our lawn. And he said, "That's pretty good," but I but I knew better than that. So he pulled back his bow, and his was a little bit bigger than mine. He just up through the air. It went flying through the air, went over the trees, went over the lawn, went right through the front window of our home. <laughs> that was a big window too. Yeah, right in the picture window, st- stuck in the front room floor, right next to my mother's favorite chair. And we stood there dumbfounded, wondered what we should do, because we knew home, we went home, we were in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so we wandered around for a while, finally we went home to face the music, and sure enough, we were in big trouble. But I'll never forget that. Did yeah. you have to go get the switch off of the horn? Yes, there was a switch that my mother always had. So we call it, we referred to it as a will, but it was actually a tamarack. She had it over the set of deer horns in the hallway. We had another set of deer horns with big deer horns in the front room, but this is just a smaller deer horns in the hallway. And she always had it on the on the top of that. And if you're in trouble, you should go up and get that and whack. Of course, Dad, if he he was worse, so you'd rather get a licking from Mom always rather than Dad. So we had uh, crazy times. We used to go to the canal out same place where we went with a bow that's, and arrow. That's east, right? You're talking east of the house. This towards is Alice's. South, actually south. South, okay, of south. The, south of the house. And oh, actually that, that down past kind of Donald long. Gavin's yeah, yeah. house. Yeah. That's a long ways. Yeah. We, wow. used, we used to go out there and <laughs> we'd go skinny dipping and. We'd come home, and Mom would always know. I mean, she would just know every time. We'd roll in the dirt. We'd do everything, but she just knew we were guilty. And so we get, we would get whipped. You guys been skinny up? No, Mom. No, Mom. No, Mom. <laughs> we could never get away with anything. Did she have a problem with you skinny dipping or swimming in the canal? Or well, both? well, both, because it was it was dirty and dangerous. But we didn't care, and and she didn't want us to go skinny dipping. Eventually. We went down and spent many days every in the summer in the pool, which is about six blocks uh, west of us. And when we had the pool, we used to go down there every day and swim all afternoon. And we'd play tag in the pool. And we were like pollywogs. And we learned how to dive and do all kinds of fun times. And I remember your dad, he used to come out on the board and he'd do this trick on the board like he like he'd fell off the board and he was so good at it. he'd go out there like he'd miss pretend he missed with one foot and he'd fall off in the water and everybody just you know oh my goodness he killed himself you know and he just so good at making that yep. my brother and i we dove and we'd do one and a half and twists and gainers and oh we had a lot of fun we just spent all summer in the water it was an outdoor pool correct hmm? outdoor pool correct outdoor pool and then when we got the the other times we went we'd go f- what we call the flumes and that was fun that was fun and it was like half pipes with water going through them and we'd slide to them and it was really uh, just a blast and then my mother believe it or not before she was when she was about fifteen or so before she got married she married at sixteen she clumbed to the top of the flumes and dove off them that water is only like. I don't know, a foot deep down there, it seems like. It's like well, six feet or something like yeah, that. Yeah, about six feet deep in the river, and it's about, I don't know, it's a 100, 200 feet off of that sucker. Yeah. Well, 
my brother, we heard that story. So we were out there one time, and my brother says, okay, I'm going to do that. So Dwight climbed up to the top about halfway up, and he dove off. And he said, I could do better than that. So the next time he drove, got up, and he got about three-fourths away up. He did it, and then finally he went to the very top, and he did. He did this exact same trick, dove off that sucker. And I thought he was dead. I thought he was going to die for sure. And he is the bravest guy because he could he's why don't you do it and i said are you kidding there's no way i'm doing that <laughs> <laughs> so he, he duplicated mom's feet diving off the off the flumes it was a uh, it was amazing that had and to be an awfully shallow dive he did he he purposely basically belly flop belly flop to yeah. to, to keep, keep oh. him hitting in the mud on the bottom of the bottom of the <laughs> of the river did he get his head stuck in the mud or was that someone else uh, no, he didn't. That he didn't that time. I, I've I heard my other brother did that uh, at a different place. There was another place below the flumes. Uh, this is a story I only heard about because I was younger. But this is my uncle Leaf and his one of his your uh, uncle Leaf or your I mean my brother, brother. Leaf and his and um, my cousin Rollinson, one of the Rollinson, Phil, Phil? Rollinson, yeah. And a couple others, they got they watched this show on TV about diving, right? The diving bell. Well, they down at the, below the flumes where the river made a corner there, it really made a deep corner. They used right. to we used to call it thirty foot because it was deep, right? Yeah, it's hard to find the bottom. So they got this bright idea. So they got this uh, bucket, and they uh, used some of the equipment down at the old mill where uh, Phil's dad worked, and they they welded up uh, some holes, and then they stuck some hoses on this bucket, <laughs> made it a diving mask, and put it over their head, and then they put weights on themselves oh, and, boy. and tried to go to the bottom of 30 foot. And then they had somebody up on stairs with a with those bicycle pumps mm-hmm. trying to pump, pump air. air to them. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem like it would work too well. Well, they got in such big trouble because if a mom and dad found that out, they they could have killed themselves so easily. And so they they got in big big trouble over that. I remember that. Uh, just a lot of things like that happened. I and my brother had a huge fight one time. I'm famous for this because I was I don't know which one of us had a worse temper, but I think my brother did. But he learned to overcome his. But I hadn't by this time. I think he was in his teens, and I was like nine or ten, and we were at the. Uh, this is Dwight. Yeah, Dwight, and we were at the table, and uh, <laughs> we were fighting back and forth, and he just teased me mercifully. He's five years older than me, and, and so we were sitting there. And I says, "I'm you better stop, or I'm going to kill you. I'm just I've had it with you, you know." And so we were there, and of course, Mom was out back of the property, back in the cow corral. And we were just there by ourselves. And so, sure enough, I just come to my melting point. So I grabbed my dinner fork and I just mm-hmm. took threw, a, at him. threw that sucker at him. It did a perfect one and a half and stuck right in his temple of his head. <laughs> and the blood was gushing all over the over the, the floor and all over the kitchen. And he was screaming. He couldn't pull it out. He was yanking on it like this. <laughs> and... I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was just dumbstruck, and I didn't know what to do. I was white as a ghost. He ran out of the door. Of course, all the neighbors started hearing this, and he was running all the way out the door, blood 
vehicle and all following him and he finally found his way out to mom in the corral and she worked on it and finally got it pulled out of his head and she came back in the kitchen of course it was all covered with blood and i was so scared i was going to get killed i i hid under the kitchen sink (laughs) 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 oh that was quite a quite a time i got in big trouble with that one too oh boy but we we had fun times though we we did deer hunt together and do fun things and uh pheasant hunt together well we one time i remember we went up my dad he loved to roll rocks and uh <laughs> so we were up hunting in wild horse which is up uh up by lemmington real dry up there and we would have put in the year and we were in the middle of the week and i can't remember there was three or four so i can't remember if your dad was with us but i know it was me and dad and my brother Dwight and one other person. I can't remember if Lindsay was there or not. But anyway, there's four or five of us. We were so tired of it. was about noon. We got up in that mountain and we thought, well, we'll eat lunch. So we were sitting there eating lunch. And Dad says, oh, this, there's a lot of good rocks here. Maybe we could roll the rocks. So he got one, I don't know, half as big as himself and rolled it down the hill. And we were all, yeah, that's cool. So we thought, well, let's do something bigger. So we went over and we found this one that must have been as big as this table we're sitting around here. So about four feet around. Four feet around. And we thought, and we worked and we pried and we, you know, laid on our backs and pushed it over with our feet. Finally, after 15, 30 minutes of work, we got that sucker to start rolling over and it started bouncing down the hill. And it went about 15 feet and it ran into another rock as big as this room i mean just a monster boulder sitting there and stopped we thought oh we were cussing and all that work for nothing and all of a sudden we looked up and that big old thing as big as this room just started to slowly move we just (laughs) our eyes just got like this (laughs) and it did it started rolling over it was so big it wouldn't even bounce it went down that mountain i have never seen anything like in my life it was cleared a path it cleared a path, just like a bulldozer down that mountain. It was throwing out trees as big around as your arm, just like toothpicks coming out of the back of that like a, a windmill. And we were jumping up and down and screaming and laughing. And my poor dad, he was on the ground just laughing his heart out. And that thing went all the way down the mountain, down the valley, went up the other side, and then curled back down again. Oh, wow. And left a, a trail. Couldn't believe it. It was just it was just amazing. Uh, we had a lot of fun times hunting and stuff, but that was one of the best rock rolling things we had. Let's hear your uh, let's hear your favorite deer hunting experience. Oh jeez, there's too many. It's of gonna those. it's gonna include but my dad, I'm sure. There's got to be a lot of those. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, well, my dad was the best one. The best one that I got involved in was. Uh, one where we used to tell this story all the time is when we called one the the deer bunted my my dad in the belly so to speak and it was it was a amazing thing i and my mother and my dad because i went with my mom and dad because i was young and your dad and the other brothers would go around and they were trying to drive around the mountain drive some deer into us so we come up on this hill and uh we got on this ridge, and you could see both ways. And, and there was a rock up there, and my uncle had sat on it the year before, so we called it Pizzy Rock. So we got up there, and... Where was this at? Is this Oak City? This is none the oh, so on the east side of the Holden Mountains. And so we got up there, and we're waiting. And so we went off to the 
to the right side and we looked over and we were just sitting there looking to see if there's any deer and couldn't see anything. So we walked and it's a little rounding ridge. So we walked back over on the other side, looked the other way. And once we got over there, uh, my mom, she kind of wandered back over to the other side where we were looking before. And sure enough, about five minutes later, here she come back over the hill and she was all excited and doing this, you know. And I'm giddy. All giddy, and and and, I, and my dad, he said, "Oh man, she must have saw some squirrel or something, you know." And so he wants us, motioned us to come over this way. So we're walking back over the, to the original place we'd been. We get over this little rounded hill, and my dad's looking out over the hill, and the next side there's nothing out there. You wonder what in the world she all excited about. Of course, I had walked up the same time with him. And I was looking down the hill right below us, and not 10 feet, 15 at the most, on this rounding hill below us was this giant five- or six-point buck. And he was creeping along, his head down to the ground, and he put one foot in front of the other just like this, just as slow, slow. as he could go. And I'm crawling, sit, basically. And my eyes, are, my eyes are this big around, and finally I... I uh, I just couldn't stand it. I says, Dad, right there, right there. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad looked at it. About this time, their eyes met, and that buck, he just, yeah, a big old snort. His head jumped up, and he reared back, and he just jumped up and started running down the hill. And my dad, he was so excited, and he pulled up, and he shot a couple of times just just fast as he could and, and uh Missed him, of course, and his bounty goes around, starts up the hill, and my dad suddenly settles down. I'm going to get him, so he pulls down. He's, I thought he's going to nail him this time, and he shoots and he hits a tree limb right next to the right. It would have hit the deer, but the trim that hit the the limb knocked out the limb. Of course, then he got all excited. He empties his entire gun. This deer runs over the hill and, <laughs> and gets away. <laughs> And the worst, the worst of it, you know, this is this is I I I can't hate to tell you this is embarrassing. I'm like 11 or 12 years old. I couldn't carry a gun yet. And so about halfway through this pandemonium, I'm yelling at my father, "Give me the gun, Dad! Give me, give me the gun! I'll kill him!" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in that same canyon, a little bit south of there, this is Loafers Canyon. We uh, hunting one year with your dad, and there was Leaf and Cliff and Dwight, and me and my dad. Of course, I was with Dak, so I was carrying a gun, but I was young. And we were way across the canyon on this big white rock, and we were too far to shoot, but we could see what was going on. And your dad was, and Leaf and them were driving down through this big pine draw, and Dwight, he was, he was just oh, in his late teens or early twenties. And he, oh, he was he was full of it. He could hike and do anything. So Leaf and them were driving down through there, and the, they jumped a whole herd of buck, all buck, just running wow. everywhere. And they're going down through these pines. All big ones or big and little? Big and little. And they're, oh, they're okay. just running down through this, this hill. And Dwight found this rock. We call it Dwight's Rock, but it's not really a rock. It was just like a little pinnacle coming right out of the, out of the pine trees. And it was like a just this giant thing going like that. In fact, I don't know how he climbed up on it. In fact, my dad, we saw him climbing up on it before all this happened. And he was sitting there. He's going to fall off and kill himself. 
he climbed up on top of this thing. It's about as big around as this table, about four or five feet around up on top of it. It's like 20 feet in the air. He climbed to get up on top of it. And he's standing there. And sure, sure enough, here are these deer, all these buck come running out. And they were running right down underneath the rock right in front of him, right. just on both sides. And so by your your dad and Leaf, they hollered, and they shot a couple of times. They're coming down towards you, Dwight. They're coming. Here they come. And so bam, bam, bam. We're too far to shoot. Right. My dad's just sitting on the white rock, and he's just sitting there laughing. And it says, they're going to kill themselves. And so Dwight is shooting, and you can see him. He was actually shooting straight down, like like shooting <laughs> like a down, fish in yeah. a barrel. <laughs> no deer running by. The buck running by long. And, and your dad hollered down and says, there's a big one running right by you. Make sure you get him. And my brother, <laughs> he yells out as loud as he could, I already shot that one. I killed that one already. <laughs> and so after he unloads his gun twice, he reloads and there's still buck running around him. He unloads his gun twice. We go out down there and they don't find no, not one <laughs> drop of blood. <laughs> was he out way ahead of, of Leaf and my dad? Yeah, he was a little bit ahead of him. When they come over the ridge, those deer bucks just started running down towards him. Of course, he climbed up on this rock and he was perfect. They were, they were just stampeding him like it, just running underneath him. And we, he never lived that down. He's oh, I already shot that one. You know, every, every time we go, hunt, oh yeah, you already killed that one. <laughs> oh, and we had so many good times with your hunt. And your dad, oh, he was, your dad was amazing. He, we referred to him as the deer slayer. He was, oh, he just had a knack about finding deer. And once he got his two seventy, man, he came over. He hard never missed. I well, he shot that. He would go rabbit hunting with that. Yes, because he reloaded. So. Yes, yes, he could do rabbits with it. He was a very good shot, and he was such a hunter. He could. He had such stamina. Uh, he could out hike anybody. He could hike like anybody. Not not necessarily speed. Well, he was quick at hiking also, but oh, he he could outlast anyone. Let me yeah. tell you, let me tell you. I've I saw him many times. We we'd kill little two or three point. I've seen him carry a two or three point buck yep. on his back, like a all, backpack, yeah, all day, yep, and hunt with us. Never, never miss a step. All day long, he carried that deer. In fact, I'll tell you a funny, funny story about that. We were over in the uh, same canyon up a little farther north, and this is Box Canyon, and you go down, and it's all ledged off in the bottom. And there's over there on this hill, there's big patches of larb. And there's a two point sitting over there. Of course, my dad's getting older this time. He didn't get many times to shoot at stuff, and so we're sitting there, and and uh, that we saw that two point. And he says, "Oh man, if we shoot that, we've got to climb down in there and haul it out because he can't get it off. It's ledged off in the bottom." And so your dad, he says, "He's you know, his uncle Aid, you know, yeah, go ahead and shoot it. I'll carry it out if you can kill it." <laughs> <laughs> So we're sitting there, and my dad takes a couple of shots at it, and he he, he wouldn't hit it in the body because it ruined the meat. So he's trying to hit it in the neck. So he shot about two, three times, just miss it over and above its neck, and Stick was sitting off a uh, little that's, few feet. That's my dad's nickname. Yeah, Stick is yeah yeah he's that's all we know him by is Stick, and he was sitting off with the others over there, away from us, away. Dad was trying to shoot it, and he whispered to my brothers, and he says. I hope the hell he doesn't hit that. I don't want to have to climb. <laughs> 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 oh, 
And sure enough, he didn't, and it finally walked off. So, But he would have done it. I've seen him do it many times. Uh, he was an amazing deer slayer. Yeah. In fact, he was a good I, shot. He was a good shot. In fact, yeah. he, he he played a trick on me one time. He'll never and he'll tell you this to do that because I always went with him and I because I was younger and I, right. I could keep up with him most of the time and I want to. He was always killing him. I says I, all, he always had deer come up right by him. Oh yeah, he'd always. shoot him in their bed and you know next sneak to sneak up on him, sneak on him. And so I said, okay, I'm sticking with you this time. You're not gonna get. I'm gonna. I want to shoot it first. Okay, so he's okay. Okay, I, I'm gonna let you shoot one live. So we go up. And we go through this big <laughs> patch of Quaker trees and and I didn't split off from him maybe fifty feet or a hundred feet. You know. And all of a sudden I hear boom, you know, he says, I got him, you know, and I what? And so I come running down through the trees and I can't believe he, he could have never done this if he if he tried. And so sure enough, he'd shot that that buck and it was about a four point buck. And I'd run by him just he just snapshot at it. And believe it or not, he had shot it while it's on the run and it went through its back leg and its front leg. And broke opposite it. sides. Right. And broke him. So, so it was there. Run. It was there. It couldn't stand up. It was alive. It was alive as can be, sitting there snorting around. And saying, he's okay. There's your live deer. Shoot it. I was so mad. <laughs> he teased me about that for years. <laughs> hey, last time I was with him on the Fourth of July, he was telling me about that one. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I'd actually never heard it before that. Yeah, so. he. That was a funny story. Yeah, we did things a lot of things when we were when we were kids. We used to get in trouble fighting the neighbor kids. I've tell you one about. My brother Cliff. We used to go down by the drain. It's close to your house, out by George Donald Gavin's house right. in the south. And the Decker kids next door. And we'd have, we'd we'd choose up sides, and we'd we'd have a war. And we get the tamaracks, and we'd whittle the tamaracks off and break them off. And down in the drain, if you get down in the drain in the mud down there, mm-hmm. if it's just the right consistency, you can take it and you make it like a ball, right? And it's just almost like a like, like a clay or something clay yes clay and it turns it almost like a golf ball and we'd stick those balls on the end of those those tamarack and you throw them flip that like that and that sucker will go just like you know like a pitcher pitching a ball out of a, right. a thing and we'd choose up sides and we'd throw and pitch the, those balls across the drain at each other and <laughs> that sounds super safe oh yeah that was really safe <laughs> Our parents were happy about that, but we had big wars down there. Anyway, my brother he got he got kind of ticked off because we were losing the fight. So the house is only a couple of blocks home, so he runs home, and pretty soon he comes back and he's I'm going to fix those guys. Well, what he had done? He run back to the cow krill. He picked up some fresh cow pies and just <laughs> molded them on the on the tamarack, and he flipped cow shit at these guys. The Did he hit him? <laughs> oh yeah, they were mad. <laughs> oh, oh, he did some crazy things. Uh, I remember one time, mom and dad went to um, up to Salt Lake or something to go shopping and to Christmas or something. I can't remember the, what it was, but we were left home alone. And sure enough. I think Pat, my aunt Pat, was in there, and Q Your was there. Sister, Sister Pat, and Aunt Q, Uncle, and Q. Uncle Q, and uh, anyway, I think it started between them because one of them was washing the dishes, and one of them threw a cup of water at each other, and that's how it started. 
of course that was returned with another cup of water and then it turned into a big mug and and pretty soon it was buckets and pretty soon all the neighbor kids were at our house and everybody was picked choosing the side and people were up on the roof and dumping buckets of water off people as they come outside and hoses got involved oh my gosh all the neighbor kids and us oh it was oh you guys was, had to have gotten beaten that day oh we got mom come home and the house was just absolutely trash water everywhere oh my goodness <laughs> oh i i feel bad sometimes there were fun times but we 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 were we were real hellions, I tell you. We, we did some bad things. <laughs> talking about talking about uh, Cliff, my dad always said he hated hunting pheasant with him. Oh, no one would. No, 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 no one, one could outshoot him. He no said one, no one walked by Cliff. He said, he said no one could outshoot him until he until he got that feather light. He could he could outdraw anyone. Oh, he was the fa- shoot. fastest shot I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, he, no one wanted to walk next to him. You had, you didn't have a chance. I couldn't even get my gun to my shoulder. <laughs> Boom! In fact, he used to shoot those pheasants so quickly, and all you see is a big puff, puff of feathers, and nothing left. And my dad hollered, "Don't shoot him so fast! We have nothing left to eat." <laughs> <laughs> but he was—he was the fastest shot with a shotgun I've ever seen. He was—he actually took after his uncle Cliff, who is named after my right. my brother. My dad's brother, Cliff, was the same way. He was an excellent shot. And, boy, my brother, he was. He was just the fastest shot with a shotgun I've ever seen. He just, no one wanted to walk by him. We'd tell him, sit him down. You go down the other side of the patch because <laughs> we want to get a shot. My dad fine. said that he would, he got so sick of him beating him, shooting the pheasants, that he was down in the drain, and one came out by my dad in the drain, and Cliff was on, on the top of the drain. And the bird flew up towards Cliff, and my dad pulled up before it even cleared the the drain and shot and almost shot Cliff. Oh yeah, I remember that. I was having that happen. Yeah, <laughs> that, that bird didn't even get out of the drain. Boom. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. We we had a lot of funny pheasant stories too. I'll, t- I'll tell you one time we went, we were out driving around, and the wind was blowing, and your stick was there with that one too. It was me and Dwight and Stick. I can't remember someone else and Dad. We were driving around the wind and you know how the wind right. is in Delta. Yeah, north wind was blowing. Just you couldn't even. And stand. it's November because it's pheasant hunting season. Yeah, it's cold. it's cold. Couldn't even stand cool. up. So we're driving around the car to see if we can see one. So we go out around the Sutherland Bridge, crossing the the, the Severe River, and just you make that turn. There's a, the Severe River bank is about twenty feet high. Yep. And so we're going around this corner, and just we go around the corner, and my brother Dwight says, oh, there's one that fell in the river. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad turned around and says, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, he quit pulling my leg, you know. No, no, Dad, it did. It fell in the river. And I just, okay, so we all stop. We get out. It's cold as heck. And we go down, and stick as his dog, and we're going down, and we're, we're tromping through these weeds. I mean, these Tamarack, or not tamaracks, what do they call those big the willow, willows the, or whatever? They, I don't remember. I don't know what, I they know what you're talking about. But yeah. they're about eight feet high, and yeah. we're tromping through those things. And sure enough, we're down there, and finally, here comes here comes this, this pheasant. He can't fly. He's the wet as, it looks like a, like a rat. He comes running out of the weeds and jumps in the river and tries swimming across the river. And so I think your dad pulls up his shotgun and shoots his head off. And then we said, well, that was great fun. Now it's out in the middle of the river. <laughs> 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 and, and no way to get it. And right. so 
Well, the uh, dog was there. The yeah, dog the dog. Out. But the dog, because it was not moving, the dog, he had no interest <laughs> going on. <laughs> finally, your, your your dad found this big, long stick, and we finally pulled it in. Pulled it in. No one. We told everybody that story, and no one would believe it. The actual wind, he was sitting on the edge of that riverbank, and the wind right. was blowing so hard, I guess he lost his balance, and when Went we in, just happened to go by, and Dwight, Dwight saw him fall in the river, and my, my dad, it took 10 minutes for <laughs> Dwight to convince my, my dad that uh, that it actually fell in. That actually happened. That reminds me, I remember when I was young, going pheasant hunting with my dad out by the reservoir, on the south side of the reservoir, but kind of by the dam, mm-hmm. and uh, one flew up and flew out over the reservoir, my dad shot it, and it fell in the reservoir. My dad yeah. had a dog, obviously. Right. And he's telling the dog to go get it. The dog won't go get it. So my brother Lance was there, and I was there. And I, I bet you Lex was there, too. I don't, I don't remember. Um, but my dad made Lance go, and get, he got down naked and made him swim out there and get it. He actually went out and yeah, got and, it. And the dog <laughs> followed him, swam out there with him. And my my brother grabbed the pheasant and then swam back, and the dog followed him the whole way out there and the whole way back. That's, that's how me and my dad was. That, well, that's funny. That's really funny. That's, that's one of those where it's November, so it's, oh, it's the water's cold. freezing it's cold. cold. The dog it was so cold, the dog didn't want to go in. Oh, yeah. No one wanted to go in that, yeah. Yep, my dad's making my brother. It's pretty funny. And, a, and after that, I remember a few years after that, I told my I was telling my dad, I totally would have swam up there and got it. I think that'd be kind of cool. And he's like, yeah, that it would be cool. You're right. Really cool. <laughs> really cool. He's, he's like, if I knew that, I would have had you do it instead of Lance. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you another time we were out uh, hunting and we were driving along this main road and we were look, looking for pheasants because getting towards night, we were just watching, trying to see something in the field. And so we pull up along there and sure enough, out in this big hay, this hay field about two dikes over, see these roosters heads sticking up out of the thing and so we oh man let's do that so we slam on the brakes and we haul pile out of the car and all the doors are open we jump the ditch we're running as hard as we can and over there you know right. got to get out to see if we can flush those pheasants before they fly or run because right. usually they no, usually run. run but if they're in the bare field sometimes they'll they'll just sit down and hide so we're running up on them and we get up with about ten or fifteen feet, and it's oh, this is great! They're gonna, we're gonna have a chance. That they're gonna fly, and they didn't fly. What's going on? So we finally we walk over there, and someone had taken the peasant heads and put them on sticks stick, or put them on wires and stuck them up over the top. <laughs> 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 and so, oh, we were so ticked. <laughs> we're looking around like. Who did this, you know? So the house, a few ways away, and I'm sure they were in the house just laughing. <laughs> so we thrown up our way back and get in the car, and we just barely get the car in the car doors loaded. And here comes another car down from the other side. Stops right in front of us. They all bail out and start running. And we just sat there, and the car started laughing, and they're looking at us. Why are you guys laughing? We just shook our hands and drove off. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, people people, people got a big kick. Whoever did that was really great because they they had skinned the pheasant all the way down to about right. his chest. So I mean, they looked as they were real as real, and they put them on some wire and they're just far enough above the hay that you they could see him, and it was just amazing. And then I'll tell you another time that was funny. And this is hard to believe too. I think Q was with us or Cliff, 
and we we saw some out in this plowed field. And this is the funny story. We're uh, this is a plowed field. There's nothing but clods out there, right? You know, they plowed up the field, and we see this out there. So we all running out there, and we get out there, and where'd it go? And Dad's well, it was right there. Where'd you? How come you don't shoot it? it? Didn't fly. Where is it? It's not here. So we're tromping around all over the place. And, well, it isn't. So all of a sudden, I, we look down, and there's this pheasant. And no kidding, he is laid down there right between the big bunch of clods and his tail is out his neck is forward his wings are spread right flat to the ground i mean he isn't this far above the ground and he's just sitting there hiding like this <laughs> just sitting there still as can be <laughs> and we're like two feet from him did you grab him oh well i'll tell you another story in a minute about somebody grabbing one but <laughs> we're like oh yeah we'll shoot him so about who was thinking it was maybe it was kenny rollins was with us. i can't remember <laughs> he says well i'll just shoot his head off so he puts his gun down like this boom big old cloud of dust goes up and then all of a sudden the pheasant flies off and he missed him <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of us are all sitting there with their, with their mouths open <laughs> and the stupid thing flies off and my dad's over the car cussing at him you can't hit you can't hit that stupid pheasant <laughs> I'll tell you one about my Uncle Pizzy. Now, we were out hunting one time, and we were going through a, through a patch of brush, talking about grabbing one. And once in a while, you'll come across wounded ones mm-hmm. or some or someone's a killed one. And so we are walking along, and Uncle Pizzy's in there, and he says, and he says, oh, hey, looky here. Here's one that's dead. Someone's killed, and they ran out of here and died, you know. And so he reached down. <laughs> he, he grabbed a hold of this pheasant's feathers, and the sucker was alive. <laughs> it took off. Here was Uncle Pizzy with his tail feathers and his mouth wide open. And I don't think anybody got a shot. We were all just standing there with our mouths open as it flew off. <laughs> what about uh, what about the Pizzy cushion story? Oh, that's how yeah Pizzy got. Buck. Were you deer hunting? No, he was off. He was just in one of his ranches. So we got bucked off the horse and got it, and the pizzy landed right on a cactus. Oh, man. So after that, he, everybody saw a cactus. They called it a pizzy cushion because he got. <laughs> got well, that happened more than right. once. Oh, my, yes. My dad tells me a story of some crows flying around because there's crows all over there. Yeah. And he, and he wanted to shoot one with his rifle, and he sat down on a. Oh yes, cactus. yes he did. I remember that. <laughs> and then didn't hit the bird. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, hunting pheasants was fun. They're they're the fun one of the funnest animals to hunt because they're so they're so wiry and so smart. It's so much fun. And they I, just about scare you to death when they come out right oh, underneath your feet. I many times they're at so the end loud. of the patch and they come and we'll stand there and talking for five minutes. All of a sudden we'll come out you. Yeah. Off underneath your feet. I remember one time we were doing that. We're, we were standing there, about four of us, or five of us, and we are just standing there in a circle, our guns down, the stupid thing flew off, and I don't think any of us even got a shot off. We were just so scared, <laughs> couldn't even get our guns up. We had our guns sitting on the ground. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, those things are so much fun to hunt. Uh, we had many times where we went out with the, that, and your dad had his dog. Many times I took his dog and hunt him down, and we'd find him. Yeah. yeah. That, that, my dad says that's the best thing he ever did is get a dog for pheasant hunting because you would lose oh, yeah. a lot yeah. if you didn't, if you wing shot him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and he said he was always worried about wing shotting him because then they'd get away. 
And so he'd rush his shot. And then yeah. when he got a dog, he never, he hardly ever wink shot him. He would, because he's like, oh, they're not going to get away. I got a dog. Yeah. If you hit him to get him down, the dog would find him. That's right. It was wonderful. He said that, that changed though. When he got the dog, he actually became a better shot because he wasn't rushing his shot anymore. Yeah. That's the, that's the problem with pheasants. They scare you so much that they, you get, you, you get all excited and you shoot faster than you really should. Or you overswing. Yeah. You overswing on them. Yeah. That's what I always did. I couldn't hit a pheasant to save my life. <laughs> It, it takes some practice. Yes. It's a lot of a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun hunting those days. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a little break here for the sponsors. Um, so we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of your childhood, grown up, some of your experiences you had Ooh. with that. Um, some of the hardships that you went through, or funny stories, or what have you, as kids. You were the youngest, right? Or, yep, I was the youngest. So, Maybe some stories from high school wrestling or something like that. Yeah, I had. Uh, I, was, I was fortunate. I followed all my brothers in uh, football and wrestling, and we had great, great traditions at the at the high school. And so I was fortunate. Uh, I remember my brother Dwight. He the thing back then we couldn't we couldn't beat Millard, which is the Fillmore. That was right. a t- team we couldn't beat for years, years and years. I'll never forget when I was in seventh grade. Um, my brother Dwight, he were on the team, and that that their whole year they were going to beat Fillmore in football. In football, and I remember the town. It was it was an event when that when either right. whether it was either Fillmore or Delta, the whole team, yeah. the whole city shut down. Yep. both cities, and they all come over to watch the game. And I remember seventh grade, we played him that year, and that is the first year they had beat them in like 30 years. And my brother was on that team, and and uh, a kid named Henry, and there was another kid my age, same with John Henry too, and we actually played together. So it was kind of interesting. They played, him and his brother played, and then I played later. And I remember the seventh graders, we used to play on the gravel at the junior high, and I remember we watched that game, and we swore that we were going to be the best. And we used to play in the gravel out there in the front of junior high when we were in seventh grade. We watched that one game, and that was an inspiration because they had beat Fillmore. So when we became seniors, uh, we were we had a good team. Uh, we were almost undefeated the day before the year before when we were juniors. When we were seniors, we we went to the state championship and I'll never forget that we won the state championship and it's the first time in 38 years and when we came home to that little town they added they shut up every store everything they had a big parade oh it was amazing we just had had the trophy presentation and everybody in town was there and it was the most exciting thing we had won this thing for the town and hadn't had the big hoopla in so many years and it was a <laughs> Funniest thing, and, and it all started. My brother beat that other team, uh, Fillmore, five years before, and we all made a vow that we were going to be the best team, and I've, I'll never forget that. And we followed through. Every year we practiced, and we got better and better. And I I'm, I had some real hardships because when I was younger, I wasn't the best athlete to start with, and so I'll never forget when I went in they let us try out tryouts and and they cut everybody and comes to the last and I I wasn't good enough to get on the team when I was a freshman and that was broke broke my heart so 
I remember the coach, he could tell how bad I wanted to play. And so he said, he said, I'll tell you what, if you go up in the gyms, they got rails, got the uniform. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. You're fine. I went up in the gym and he says, if there's any equipment left, you can take what equipment you have. And if you can find enough, we'll let you play with the team. So I found a couple of, uh, one shoulder pad and a couple of knee pads and a thigh pad. And so I took them home. My mom sewed them in some pants for me. And you so, got to play. And I got to be on the team. Didn't right. Get, didn't get to play. I got to practice with them. And uh, the guy said, the coach told me I had, you had to get faster and faster. So I worked on weights on my legs all that year, all that year. And I was determined. So then as a sophomore, I made the team. And then from then on, I just got better and better. And then the year we took championship, I was the, uh, one of the co-captains of the team. What position did you play your senior year? Uh, we had, back in those days, you played both ways. I played left guard and and linebacker. <laughs> they say you have to have crazy eyes if you play linebacker, and that's true. You had to be, had to be a little crazy, <laughs> and I, 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 I loved it, uh, and I had to work so hard, so hard to be on the team. I'll never forget that. That's what made it so good for you, is all yeah. the hard work you put yeah. in. If it yeah. came easy, it wouldn't be that good, right? Oh no, I worked worked so hard. I couldn't even, like I said, I've played with just a bunch of broken down equipment that first year and the coach was so nice to let me he he knew it broke my heart i couldn't make the team so he just said okay if you can make enough get enough equipment you can practice with us it was amazing and then wrestling we had such a tradition uh still do still they still do yeah. <laughs> we started something that keeps going for year after yeah. year i remember though it was again with my brother we went to uh uh or was it out in the east of Utah somewhere for the state championship? And that was kind of a sad thing, because, but it motivated me so bad. Um, I watched him again when I was in seventh grade. Him, they had some great, great wrestling team then. Right. And they, they had some really bad luck out there and some, I hate to say it, but some almost biased refereeing. It was really bad. That still uh, goes on today, by the way. Uh, and it was, But it was just <laughs> almost blatant. And then I was seventh grade again i says man that's not going to happen to me if I, we're, we're going to be so good they can't do that and my brother they were a good team but they took second and stayed mm. that who year. they take second to do you not remember uh yeah it was uh i think it was union one of the mm. schools out in the east there and that just motivated me of course we had uh, coach border came and he was a football coach and the wrestling coach and he was Oh, he was a death wrestling coach. He'd actually wrestled with my brother Q years ago when he was in high school, and uh, he was such the a, same age as Q. Yes, hmm. I didn't know that. So he, in fact, he just passed away a little while ago. I I missed his funeral by a week, and I, was, I felt so heartbroken. But anyway, uh, that turned out to be a a neat experience for me too. Uh, he was a hard coach to wrestle for. Oh no, he was great. What? Oh, he was. No, I mean, I oh, mean, he was demanding. He demanded a lot. Is what oh, I'm he would just work us to death. Oh my goodness, I'll never forget. In the practices, you know, we get to the, about to the end, and we get so tired, and he said, "Okay, we're going to do another one." And what he would make us do, he would make us go. He would make us wrestle the guy uh, two weights above us. Ugh. 
within the in the last go around, mm-hmm. or someone that was just as good or better than us. I remember right. uh, uh, Neil Collister from the Collister family. He was the best wrestler I ever saw, and he took state championship uh, four years in a row from the time he was a freshman. Neil Collister? Yeah, he was the best when his brother Vaughn. There's, been, he, there's no way he took four. He did. Alan Lake's the only one that's done that in Delta. He did, I'm telling you. Mm. Huh. Since he's a freshman, he took state championship. Anyway, he's the best wrestler I ever saw. And I was a weight or two above him, so what Coach Porter would do, he'd make, he would make – You'd wrestle him? Neil wrestle me, and we were just about <laughs> – I was two weights above him, so he was – he was really good, but I was two weights above him, so we were about an even match, and we'd go round and round. I remember I've watched, I've, I wrestled his brother Vaughn too, and we were about an even match too. But it was, it was a lot of tough, tough matches we had. Uh, it's like the worst matches you had was what you had to practice. Uh, right, the one the hardest matches. The hardest right? matches were the ones making the did. team. Making the team was the hardest match. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> when we got the year I was a junior. We went to state, and uh, Coach Porter said, "Well, we got to. You know, we hadn't. We hadn't. We'd, we'd placed the state, but we hadn't taken state. We were going. We were going to do it that year. So we go over, and we had eight men. Eight men went into the finals. Wow! And unfortunately, they all lost. So we all had eight seconds." Mm-hmm. So team wise, point wise, we were short, right? Just a few points of, wow. of taking the state championship, and so it came down to it came down as it turned out. As I, it was one of those fluke things. As it turned out, I was wrestling. I didn't make the state championship, but I was wrestling for third, third and fourth. And at the time, we needed those points to be state champions, right? So when I went into that match, it was all a lot of pressure cooker hanging on me. So I remember I had that match, and it was a tough match. And I finally won. And I'll never forget the kids. Uh, we were all they all knew that put us over the top. So all the rest, of, all the other team grabbed me and they hauled me over and put me on the podium at third. Even though I only took third, I had vexed. Right. They gave them the points they needed. Points they needed for state championship. Right. And then when I was a senior the next year, we just we just blew away, and that that was nice because we had it. It was at our home place at Delta. I think that's the only time it's ever been there. The only time I ever know of it, but yeah, it was amazing. That's what my dad says. It's the only time. We we just cleaned the we we actually made more points than all the other teams put together. We had eight state champions, a second. A third, Did you take state that year? Yes. I and seven others took state. So you took one state championship. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. And then we had eight state champions in a second, a third, and a fourth. That was the greatest time we I had never. And that was a the pinnacle of my high school career sports wise. Was that what was did, just amazing. What did you enjoy more, uh, wrestling or football? Uh, I don't know. It was a tough toss up. Uh, I think I liked football more, but. Wrestling was actually harder because it's hard. It's the hardest. And it's an individual sport. You, you, it's more pressure on you because there's no one else to help you. Right. 
Football. It's a team sport, but not really. No, oh, no, it's not. Yeah, you're, you're out there by yourself, and it's you know, you you. I mean, it's a team because you're going for a team championship, but yeah, it's it, all it's, it's, it's all you. on you. There's yeah. nobody else to help you, and you're you're yeah. It's a toughest thing, and I had to I had to fight weights getting down to weight too. I did. I really love football the most, though. But uh, I loved wrestling too. I did. Those are really great. Those are great memories I had, and I was fortunate. I've I was at the end of all of my brother's experience, and I happened to have the greatest coach. And, right. And this this group of kids uh, in both football, the same guys that were playing football were almost the same guys yep. that were in the wrestling team. We were just a group of kids at, at the right time, at the right place, and we were all determined that we were going to be good. And it all started. Back in seventh grade when you saw your brother. Back in seventh grade when I watched my brother do all those things, and yeah. we, we all just kind of – yeah, we're gonna do this, and we did. It was amazing. I enjoyed I enjoyed wrestling too, but I wasn't very good at it. But I liked the I liked the discipline and the hard work that it took to do it to be good at it. Oh yes, it's it's it. That's a sport you have to be totally dedicated. Yeah, you just can't you can't just do that unless and you're like supernaturally gifted. Yes, like a like a Kale Sanderson or Allen or you know. There's a, you could name a bunch of them, but if you're naturally talented like they are, then then you can that do might it. be different. But, but we, the normal person that's not naturally gifted at it, you got to work really hard. Well, like Collister Kid was one like that. Yeah, he was one that could just. In fact, it was sickening because he was so good that he hardly ever had to work at it. Right, he, he pinned almost every person he ever. He ever wrestled. He would. He would. He wouldn't only be out there. Only about one or two rounds. He never went a full fight the whole time. Right. He, he'd been them. That's how good he was. He was a natural. Just yeah. a natural. It's really. I. I really enjoy watching wrestlers that are really, really good at wrestling. Not necessarily. Not necessarily naturally talented at, it, but have worked hard and became good. It's almost like a dance, like a, out on the mat. Oh know? yeah, he would. Yeah, he was so good, and he had so many different holds. These guys had no chance. I mean, right. they they could hold him off for a little while, but he was so aggressive. He would he would just pin people, just bam, bam, bam. He yeah. was amazing, amazing kid. So I asked I asked Pat the same question. I'm going to ask you. <clears throat> so my dad's situation. You you had mentioned that uh, when the, when you were deer hunting, and he saw that deer on the cliff, and he said, "Hey." Uncle Late, I'll go down there and get it if you shoot it or whatever. At what point did you know that my dad was your brother? Well, there was kind of stuff talked about in the family, but it wasn't one of those things that wasn't talked about. Yeah. Like, but I kind of knew. You kind of knew? I kind of knew. Like from a young age? Well, older, not a young No, not a, a teenager young age. or something? Teenager or something. Yeah, I knew. I knew. And, and then... I heard stories and stuff about that, and it was a those were hard times. Your your right. dad went through some really tough times, but finally we, he came. My, well, mother made him, my father do it because I right. know he he's told you about stuff that yes. he had to do with with his dad. Around he just beat him and oh, all yeah. kinds of things. My mother finally told dad, "You got to go down and get him." Well, my dad had ran away by that point. He yes. was living in the Greece. He was living down. in Greece. I know. Yeah. I know. And I know. In a little tent. I know. In the winter. And 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 if you've ever been in the winter in Delta, you know it's oh, freezing know. cold, oh, minus twenty. It's it's bad. 
I know he used to sleep in the in the, post, to the office. post office, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I know he had some suffering snake, but I I heard, and I don't. This is what I heard. I know that this is told to me when he finally went down again. He went down, and my dad confronted George Roundy, mm-hmm. and it was ugly. And I don't know. I guess I can say it now. They're all dead. But yeah. My I think my father threatened him. Said if you touch him, if you touch Lindsay again, I'll kill you. And that's what happened. Then they came to live with us, and it was tough because back then those kind of things weren't talked about a lot. But Lindsay became part of the family. He just like you know, and we especially when we go hunting and stuff, it was just one of right. us. So, my dad says me. that uh, <laughs> it's kind of sad to even talk about it. But he he said any time that George would get upset with his mom he would beat my dad yes because that would hurt her more than yes. beating her actually that's right and my dad it's it's man it's funny it's not funny at all but um you know my dad was we i got disciplined <laughs> i'll say it i got disciplined a lot i got every every lick i got i deserved um and i remember my friends that had parents that were, you know, 20 years younger than my dad, they were like, man, you're getting, like, beat, beat, like, abused. <laughs> like, you, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> I mean, hearing my dad's story is like, like, I got off easy compared to, I mean, especially compared to my, my dad, but even my older brothers, you know, I guess that's how it, how it goes as they yeah. get older. But yeah, it but yeah it's, it's very interesting hearing hearing stories about about back then uh to me it is um just because of you know the stories i hear obviously mostly from my dad and his experiences and i just appalled at how how bad it was for him so well you have to understand back then that uh things people were disciplinarians and and kids you know got beat a lot more than they are now right Uh, it just you know things like that can't happen nowadays but my father, the reason he was because of the, his father before him was the same way. Right. Uh, his uh, his father was Wild Bill. Right. And he you was used, a, to, he used was to shoot a, the door door handles off the off the. He did. He was church. A, he was a crazy <laughs> son of a gun. Yeah. With a pistol, riding on a horse. Yeah, he was he was amazing. <clears throat> but that, that's it's just kind of, kind of passed on and right. that disciplinary stuff. And I've I've talked to my dad about it, and because he was. My dad may have been beaten worse than a lot of people, a lot of kids, um, by George. Yes. And it's, he kind of broke that cycle because we get, like, he would, when I would get in trouble, when I'd do something wrong, he wouldn't just automatically beat me. Like, he would go and take a little walk and calm down, and then he'd come back and... Discipline Yeah, discipline me. He'd kind of cool down a little bit because there was a few times where he didn't, and it was a lot worse. <laughs> right, I understand. <laughs> but but he he made a vow when he you know when he was becoming an adult, having kids. He, he's like, I am not gonna do what what had happened to me, and so I I really respect him for making that change. Yep, that was a great thing. Yeah, I and I I was a beneficiary because my dad finally had he had mellowed a lot when I come along, so. I didn't get nearly the beatings that, right. that my older brothers did, and my dad had learned to 
to do disciplinary things in different ways and got better results. So he learned, I guess, even in his older age, to do things better than he'd done before. Can you confirm or deny this story of aid pulling someone out of their truck because they cut in line at the way station? <laughs> out of the window of their truck. <laughs> I've heard that story, yes. <laughs> if there was only video cameras back then. It'd be a yeah. cool thing to I can see. tell you I can tell you some story about dad that uh, year I was born it had was called the year of the deep snow mm-hmm. and there was three or four feet of snow actually out in the western desert Wow my dad took the, the sheep herders out there were starving so they hired my dad and do another truck driver to go out and take hay to them and uh, dad had the two and a half ton dodge. You know, they got a smaller truck, and they took it on. They got the hay delivered, and they were pushing snow all the way out. And then the wind started blowing and made the drifts even higher. And on the way back, the the smaller truck got stuck. Or got something? stuck or couldn't broke down. Right. So Dad put all the guys in the back of his Dodge truck, and they barely made it back into town before they ran out of gas and stuff. And my dad told the story about how the drifts were so big that they would get back and they'd just run at them two or three times before they could get oh. bust through them. Wow. And and they almost froze to death, the guys in the back mm. of the truck. And I remember him telling that story. So they went through some crazy wild times back then. And that was the year yeah. I was born. But I remember him mm. telling that story, how they went out to the desert and saved those guys. It was amazing. Some of the things that they did. Right. Did you do, did you work on a farm much, like an, on an actual working farm? Yes. Well, I didn't. We didn't have a farm. We had cows and pigs and stuff. And I right. go, well, I can tell you some funny stories about hauling pigs to the market too. But uh, I actually worked out in the fields of the farmers around when I was a teenager. Worked a lot. In fact, yeah. when we used to have contests of, when I was. Football player, we got bucking bales. And we'd see how many, how many high, how many high bales high we could throw the bales up on the trailer. One of the things we were, to prove our strength. They were the light bales, though, right? They were like the oh, the, yeah, they didn't make those great monster bales. Yeah, they were actually no, I mean bales you could lift. They're, they're, but even even that, even the smaller bales now. You know, back when I was a kid, they were like I don't know, 120 pounds or 150 pounds or something was the the small bell yeah they but were, before that they were lighter than that even yes. i think they were like 75 pounds yeah or about 50 75 pounds yeah you can yeah. manage them but it was interesting we had a lot of fun doing that i should tell you that story about the taking the pig to market because that's funny uh, dad told us we had to take this pig to market of course he was gone working so all of us are out there q and cliff and dwight and everybody trying to get this pig to market so we didn't have to load it. So we first we tried to scare it in, got the trailer up there, and we tried to screw it in. It wouldn't go. And, and the more we did, the madder it got. So it just got just got mad, started snapping at us and everything. So we were scared. So Cliff got this idea. Well, let's get the lasso. So we got a big lariat, and we lassoed that thing over its head. <laughs> and here we are, about eight of us, trying to pull that stupid pig into the trailer. And it was squealing, and it was carrying on. You could hear the thing for two or three blocks. And the neighbors were coming around, what was going on. And we were beating that thing with a stick and pulling on it with a noose around us. <laughs> <laughs> and we did this for 
about an hour and a half, and we were just so frustrated. We knew Dad, if we didn't get that pig to market, we were in trouble. We had to have the money to help feed us and stuff. And so we didn't know what we were going to do. And so Uncle Dale, which is lived across the street, yep. uh, Kenny's dad, he came home from work, I guess, and he <laughs> all the commotion out there. Uh-huh. I was trying to kill that poor pig. He was squealing. <laughs> we're beating on it, dragging it. Here you go. And he said, oh, let me help you out here. And so he said, give me a bucket. And I said, okay. So we find him this big five-gallon bucket. And so he jumps over the pan, and the thing is all mad, you know. Mm-hmm. You're going to snap at him. So he just take the, took this bucket, and he sticks this bucket over its head. And the thing doesn't like being in the dark, so right. it starts backing up. Well, he just puts that thing over its head and backs Back it up in the trailer about 15 seconds. <laughs> You learned something that day. And the rest of us just said, no, you got to be kidding. <laughs> we almost killed that poor pig. Trying to put the trailer. Finally, Dale showed us how to do it. <laughs> you learned something that day. Uh, we did. We did. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sitting down with me today. Appreciate it. Um, I, I enjoy hearing the stories and uh, hearing experiences from... Let me tell you one okay. more story about Let's the... do it. About the... When we and opening a fishing came, and me and Dwight wanted to go fishing, and Dad wasn't there. So Patty, who's, you know, just a few years older, said, I'll take you up. We'll go camping and fishing. So, okay, so we go up to the canyon, fit up tent, and, oh, well, well. and then Pat, she just loves to scare people. So that night, before fishing starts the next morning, let's go out and scare some people. So sure enough, we go out to the next camp, and we scare these people, and they're just, oh, we're just having a great time. And Pat says, yeah, let's do some more. We'll go up to this guy that's camper across the stream up here, and we'll, we'll really scare him. And my brother Dwight yeah, we'll scare him good. So her brother gets this forked stick, puts it in the fire, gets it all glowing. And so we crawl through the grass. It's about two feet high. go across a river, a creek up there, and... My brother starts growling like a mountain, like, wow, wow, you know, and then we stick those eyes through the, those forks through, through the thing like eyes through the weeds, and we're just having a great time. We're going to scare this guy crazy. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this guy, can of camper opens, and this guy comes roaring out of there, and he's cussing a blue streak, and I, re- I realize this guy is half drunk. And all of a sudden, he pulls out a six-shooter. I'm going to kill you, you son of a blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, bullets start flying through the grass over our heads. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) My brother quickly stuck that thing in the ground, and we're we're low-crawling through that grass, and bullets are flying through our heads. You guys are lucky to be alive. And so we made it out, and not a bullet hit us. We went back to camp, went to sleep, never told mom and dad nothing. <laughs> what would have happened if you told them? They didn't kill us. Oh, <laughs> uh, we, we were crazy. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of uh, memories of of uh, being very scared of aid. Me. Oh, he he used. To- and my dad would just, he's the last one I tell him about it. He's like, Oh, he was just joking with you. I'm like, well, it wasn't joking to me. It was I thought he was serious. <laughs> he he had so much fun. He used to he had a glass eye, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember him biting his eye with his dentures. 
Yeah, he takes it. He takes it. You tough? He asked your grandkids, "You tough?" Hey, I'm tough. Can you do this? And he take his teeth out, or he pop his eye out. And they just scared the crap out. <laughs> I, I remember we'd go over there because we lived, you know, right. a block and a half away. We'd go over there all the time. We were there. I remember being there all the time, like every day. <laughs> and I would walk in, and Twyla would say, "Oh, here, come here. I have a graham cracker for you." And I'd get the graham cracker. And I'd go in the living room, and Grandpa would be watching football or something right. on TV. He'd really be sleeping, but he'd wake up when he'd get there. And then he would tell me, I have to give him my graham cracker. I'm like, no, Grandpa gave it to me. Like, you stingy. I'm going to come take it from you. And he'd get all mean with me in his mean voice. I'm like, uh. You know, I'd kind of go over to my mom or dad and snuggle up to him so they'd protect me. And they'd laugh. And he'd start laughing. He thought it was funny. Yeah, but he, I, I was literally afraid of oh, him. Yeah. Afraid was, of him. Yeah. Because well, I grew up hearing all these stories. Yeah. And then he's mean to me. Yeah. I thought. He was a big tease. And uh, when he got older, he, he mailed a lot. Right. But he, well, he was tough when he was young. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Are my older brothers and sisters going to attest to that? Because <laughs> yeah. they deserved a lot of what they got. I'll yeah, 99. You. you don't get that name for nothing. Yeah, so. we were the 99. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I really do. I, I love hearing the stories, and um, if you ever make it down to Arizona, we'll do it again. Here's some more stories. Oh, I got a lot more. Thank you. Yeah. I'd love to hear them. So. But uh, to the audience out there, thanks for listening. Um, go ahead and uh, go to anchor.fm slash Lee Steele, I think it is. Um, you can listen to all my podcasts there or any of the uh, podcast listening devices that you use, whether it's Apple or Google or Stitcher or any of them. Go ahead and go there. Um, thanks for uh, tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye.